This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. On the show, you'll hear from everyday people changing their lives doing property development. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques that you can use to accelerate your property journey. I'm your host, Amanda McEwen, and I'm the founder of The Rising Star Developer, and I'm really passionate about helping everyday Australians build lifestyle using property development. Have you ever wondered how to get the best out of your real estate agent? Well, get ready to hear from our incredible guest on this episode of Building Lifestyles podcast. Jackie Bailey is a true powerhouse in the real estate industry with a wealth of knowledge and experience that's sure to inspire and open your mind. I've had the pleasure of working closely with Jackie over the past six or so years as they've been a key part of my A-team selling a number of my projects off the plan. Um, Jackie's got an extensive experience working with developers and also she's a student inside the inner circle. So she gets the ins and outs of how to do property development too. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from one of the best in the business. So let's welcome Jackie Bailey. Hey, Jackie. Thank you so much, Amanda. That's wonderful. Thank you. So I'm so looking forward to this podcast because real estate agents are such an important part of your development team and your A team, which I like to call. Um, so um, you're going to have a wealth of information to share to anybody listening to this podcast. So I cannot wait to get into this. But let's start with about you. So how long have you actually been in, in real estate? I've been in real estate for 10 years. Um, it was actually 10 years last month. Um, so I previously owned a large mortgage broking business, which we sold off in 2010. Um, so my focus then was on property investment. Awesome. I, excellent. Yeah. And that's great because I, I do remember when we very first started uh, engaging that you really understood the property investment side of things. And that's what you yeah. were originally helping property investors get into buying their first property. And because you understand the finance side of things, as well as the, the end product, um, yeah, you've, been, you've helped many investors get uh, their portfolios underway, which has been incredible as well. Yeah, we built a lot of, um, when we first got our license, we focused just on investment and we were doing a lot of um, coaching, mentoring and taking people through that and doing a lot of house and land builds for clients. So we'd build about 30 homes a year um, with our clients and we'd be involved in the build process, meeting site managers on site, doing final building inspections. So it, um, it, it's given us a huge broad space of knowledge um, both, as you mentioned, with the mortgage broking as well. Yeah, exactly. And so what do you think has been one of the keys to your success as being an agent? So really, it's my multiple diverse skills. So if we have a look at, you know, the mortgage broking, so we own that, my husband and I own that business for 20 years. We franchise it around Australia. So we have a lot of business knowledge, mortgage broking, we're mortgage managers. We've also been involved in flipping properties. We've so renovations and flips. We've subdivided. We've bought homes in New Zealand. We've probably constructed over a hundred homes for clients um, in total, and also understanding um, and educating my vendors on the things that would increase the value of the property um, once constructed. 
Yeah, and if I can add to that, uh, Jackie, I think one of uh, what I see in your key success is you are so incredibly generous with your time and your expertise, and you really take the time to understand whether it's me from a developer or even the purchasers that you've sold our properties to, you actually take the time to really understand what their needs are first. So, I, you know, I actually think that's one of the key things that's also really helped with your success too. Uh, thank you. That's great. <laughs> So let's start talking about this. We're mainly focusing on the development side of things here. So what do you think uh, the difference is between selling off the plan versus on completion from a real estate agent's perspective? Yeah, definitely a, a whole different skill set. So if, if we look at both, if you're selling a completed home, ready to go, it's styled, it's on the market, um, then it's a matter of good negotiation skills and people can be in their home in 30 to 45 days. So it's a much easier process to sell an established home compared to selling off the plan. So why is it different? It is because you're having to build the dream. So you first focus on what that client is looking for. Are they a homeowner or an investor? So the language is completely different no matter which party you're talking to. A homeowner will want to know about what inclusions, what will the taps look like, where their kids can go to school, is there a park to walk their dog? You know, there'll be different things that will be a lot more focused. They'll also have a lot of fear. So a homeowner will often have fear around interest rates, the time it takes to build. Are there going to be any surprises with the building contract as far as, you know, is it a fixed price, things like that. Then the language that we use for investors is all about a return on investment. You know, they might be buying off the plan, secure it now, pay your deposit, and don't have to pay the balance until um, it's secured in 12 months time or completed in 12 months time. That means they're buying in at the market now. They don't have the holding costs. Um, they also they want to know the rent return and how long it's going to take to get a tenant. And so there's different things that they'll be looking for. And again, the language changes. Again, if you're talking um, house and land, because then there are holding costs and there are, you know, and so your language has to be adjusted to it. But it's really back to the core focus of what their dream is, what their end result is, and how you can use the language to talk to them as, as they, you know, desire to achieve their goal. So I can imagine from a real estate agent's perspective, it takes a lot more time to sell something off the plan versus on completion then. 100%, 100%. And you, you need to have that skill set to be able to do it. You need to keep them emotionally connected to the property keep them involved in the journey so that they're not sort of getting buyer's remorse you know and especially if you're talking to a homeowner if they know that they're going to get their dream home but it's 12 months down the track what we've got to do is keep them really engaged so that they're not sort of going oh I could just go and buy that now and it's all finished and I can be in my home in 30 days you know so so we've got to keep them you know you've got to continue to monitor the situation there's no buyer's remorse get them through that that first initial part so they're fully engaged and committed, but then keeping them updated, keeping them excited on the way. Um, so they're getting regular updates for filling part of the process. So um, yes, it, it's harder, 100%. It is a longer process because you're talking 12 months of keeping the people engaged um, and also generally payment as far as commission soon can be 12 months down the track as well. I think that's a really good point to to raise as well, Jackie, because I get think that can sometimes get lost from a developer or a person selling a product 
to understand that it takes longer for you to get paid too. So yeah. as a result of that, you'd expect agents to be sell, um, to be charging a higher commission rate for the amount of work and the extra delay in time before you get paid. Yeah, definitely. It does It does take a higher skill set. And, and if you look at it time per hour, you know, it's you need to charge slightly more because it is a long journey that you're doing together. Yeah, for sure. And I certainly know from my personal experience as well, um, I've worked with agents in the past as well who don't get property, don't, don't know how to sell off the plan. And it's certainly something that I teach my students is you've got to make sure that you're engaging agents. If you are selling off the plan, they really need to have experience in doing that because it is such a different skill set and, and it's such a different customer journey as well. And if you don't understand that, it can be a really bumpy ride for the purchaser, but also for the developer too, and the real estate agent. And that's an important point that you've actually raised is um, I see some vendors that will just lock into the agent that they bought the property from purely because, you know, they want to give back and that's a great ethical choice. And, and, I, and I fully support that. However, is that person the right one to be able to sell off the plan? Um, and I, I know of a case at the moment that it's just gone on so long, but these, and I keep trying to talk to these vendors, but they are so committed to this agent because he found them the property and, and this is now 12 months down the track and no return. And that's just crazy. You know, yeah, so. it really is. And I also get that from a developer point of view, because you, you certainly always want to make sure that you look after agents that yeah. help you find deals. Uh, so what so what I tend to do with that if I'm in that situation, I'll try and work out some favorable terms to at least give that agent an opportunity for a period of time to have exclusivity to sell that property. But if they're not performing, then that then goes to general and I can bring in more skilled personnel. So um, mm -hmm. but I think like with anything, you want you want to make sure you communicate that up front and and uh, keep that yeah. open transparent. I really agree. And and what the professional developers do or look for is that they are running a business this is costing them money so i really like how you've worked like that because you're honoring that agent that's that's giving you the site but you have set the boundaries um, of their performance and if they haven't performed by a certain time we open it up to the general market yeah definitely so let's get on to developers um, and I guess probably not just the developers anybody really so how can us as developers help yourselves as real estate agents be successful okay so what's important is that we need to be working together so what I would um, any developer looking at a project what I would do and then what you teach in your class is get your a team around you so find your agents that you know really understand selling off the plan um, and then when you're looking at a site engage those agents to get an idea of what do you think these would sell for what's the demand for in the area you know, what do you think will work best? They'll be better with a single story, a two story, you know, just get some input from that agent. So engage the agent early in the planning and the development, even when you're looking at a site. You know, the, you mentioned before, I'm happy to give of my time. I want my developers to be successful. So I would rather be in early and, and be able to give some input, especially if they're new on the journey and, and try and help them with some good guidance. Yeah, and so, I think you raised a really good point there, Jackie, because you're the one that's on the front line, right? You're the one speaking to our target market. You know areas, uh, you know, you know, purchases are telling you what they want all the time. And us as developers uh, don't have that same level of visibility. So to be able to tap into 
what you're hearing to then be able to create product that the market actually wants is such an important part of the development process. Yes, 100%. It, it's so important. And, you know, if, if I can be there, especially if you have some, some new developers, if I can be there early in the journey and help guide them and where to sort of be spending their money and so forth on marketing, which we'll talk about shortly, but just guide them in the whole process of what happens next and help them make wise decisions to get the best return. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so, so important. So let's talk about some of the risk because that's, you know, there's a very strong risk element of the way that I teach partly because of who I'm married to is always very risk averse. <laughs> so I get it drummed into me on a daily basis and I pass that on to everyone. But what are the common risks that you see that property developments developers face and how can real estate agents help to mitigate those risks? Okay, so the biggest thing that I see is when a developer pays too much for a site. So they might have done their numbers and they've perhaps not engaged the agent early and they're overinflating the end expected price and the market has adjusted and it's not going to fit there. So then they've gone in with those figures, they've paid too much for the site and then what they're trying to do is just recover and go, I want X amount of dollars you know, for this property but the market's not there anymore. So paying too much um, for the site is definitely one. Um, incorrect designs and floor plans. So being really careful about what you're doing and making the flow of the property work, making sure you know the area you're working in. You know, is it an area in the eastern suburbs where you might want a lot of downsizes? You might want a main bedroom downstairs if you're doing a two-story. You know, what's your demographics that are going to be buying these homes and what will they need and make it more desirable? Um, also spending too much on items that won't actually give you an end value so there'll be certain things that you put in that you think yes this this will really work you know obviously we need the dishwashers and different things but certain areas will need 2.7 ceilings you might be going for a three meter ceiling you're in a more high executive premium home so some of these little one percenters are worth um, putting in if they know it's a value add and you can get that back yeah, and so, that's you know, yeah. it's a value that definitely is agents that you can help developers fi you know, fine tune because once again, you hear what people are wanting, you understand our target market. Uh, and I know certainly when I'm looking for a project, I'm relying on uh, feedback from agents to tell me what is the target market? What are they, you know, what do they want in that area? And sometimes there's there's a couple of different target markets in there depending on the type of product that you're mm. creating. But, um, and I know Jackie, you've certainly looked at, floor plans of mine in the past and and providing feedback on those floor plans as well like this is for those of you listening this is a huge amount of value that uh, agents provide to you that you may or may not even realize that uh, they can offer to you so they are such a key and important part of your team that can really help you make or break your project yeah 100% agree and it's in, as, as I mentioned before just just bring us on early get your team around you and get that input early yeah, that's right. And helping with your market research analysis to make sure that you're minimizing the risk and that us as developers are, are creating not what we want to create, but what actually the market wants you to create. And that certainly helps from a risk minim minimization perspective as well. Uh, and make sure that we're creating the right product that people actually want to buy. And the best yeah. person to tell us that is the real estate agents who are on the front line. Yeah, for sure. So can you give us an example of how you've helped a property developer de-risk their project in the past? And I know you've done it for me many a times, but I'd love to hear from your <laughs> perspective. Um, so it can be through floor plans. We've recently had um, a developer come to us that um, had already bought a site with some plans, 
we were able to look at those plans, readjust them and turn that into a four bedroom home. That's now listed um, the end value of that pro property. It's made that project more valuable um, and more profitable. So that's just one example of how we can do things like that. The other is, you know, marketing early, having quality renders, getting out, um, you know, not being fearful of spending money on marketing. You know, and I'll talk about that a bit later. There's a lot of times where people, um, developers are sort of start to compromise on that part. That's just such an important part. Oh, absolutely, because when you do pre-sell, if you choose to pre-sell your projects, it's something that I certainly recommend at least to pre-sell to get rid of most of your debt. Um, you do need to be able to help help our agents sell the dream. And, and using that is, is using tools such as renders, which are, are photorealistic images. Whereas because purchasers can't touch and feel the real thing, you need to give them the next best thing. And that's seeing an image that of, of what they're going to buy. So yes, renders are expensive. Uh, they can cost anywhere from, depending if you're getting it offshore or not, for 200 to $1,000 per image. Uh, and But it is really key part of, being able to help your agent be successful by enabling your purchasers to visualise what they're actually going to buy. Yeah, for sure. I recommend um, that, you know, when we get to that point and talking to them about marketing, sometimes developers, um, in my experience, might go, oh, no, we don't want to spend too much. And can we save a 1000 or $2,000? Like that can easily be eaten up in the holding cost in a fortnight. You know, let's, as far as renders, we need at least a bathroom, a kitchen family area, a living space, and an external as a minimum. Um, and then if there's other features of the home, then you'll want to wow with that as well. If there's views or, you know, fireplaces or things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Such an important part. So let's go into... Um like doing due diligence when we're looking for projects and I and you've got the inside because you know the inner circle and how I've taught you about this sort of stuff as well but yeah. what kind of due diligence do property developers do before purchasing land for development and how can a real estate agent such as yourself assist with that process so I would encourage you know check the current market value of the site and the potential site and value after the subdivision is done Complete the due diligence using realistic values. So one of the things um, as a trusted agent, I know, and I'm also in the rising star circle and love working with you. So I know that risk is a big thing and you cover off on that. And likewise, I like to be a little bit more conservative on the end price. Now, it's not that we can't get it because I will get it. If there's money on the table, I will get it. But I also know from a developer's point of view, um, that we, we've got to avoid as many risks as possible. And I would rather, you know, sort of deliver, over deliver um, and, and get that higher price on the end, um, but go in with some realistic conservative figures. So there are agents out there that obviously would love to just win the listing and sometimes they can talk things up and not have the real sort of facts at hand. I like to sort of say, okay, I think for this project, we can get 800. I'd like to see it at the 850, but do your numbers on the 800 and see what the return is and so forth. So at least we've built in a little bit of a range there if needed. 
Yeah, absolutely. And as with any information you get, uh, whether it's from an agent or what have you, you always need to, as a developer, you need to go and validate that as well and make sure you're comfortable with those numbers um, and, and you're using numbers that make sense. So, for example, if you, you know, some agents will boost up their price to help get the deal mm. across the line. So yeah. you need to make sure you're understanding what the vested interest is, is as well to, mm. to make sure that those numbers that are pulling into our feasibility um, make sense as well. So, yeah, so certainly you help with that. Uh, and I know you mainly help with that by also a lot of agents provide comparables as well. So comparable sales within the area that yeah. can certainly help with due diligence. If you don't have access to a tool such as RP Data, which is a paid subscription, a lot of agents have access to all this information as well where they can provide you comparable sales for, for the raw land, but also for the completed product as well, which can really help you fine tune your feasibilities as well when you're, when you're doing your due diligence on deals too. So let's go into negotiation. This is always a goodie in the part that agents <laughs> do really, really well because you're trained and this is your, uh, you know, one of your key skills. But what do you feel as an agent, you know, what is the best way to negotiate with vendors to achieve, achieve a win-win outcome? So it, it's a challenging one because I'll, I'll put on both hats here. So obviously if I'm selling a development site, always, whether I'm selling for a developer um, or vendor, I work there who I work for. So I need to be um, achieving the absolute maximum I can for my vendor. So with a potential development site, I always believe in going on market. I know there are some occasional off market and I know developers love off market sales. We are governed by some pretty strict laws and it came back kind of in the 80s and 90s where there was a lot of mate deals going on and a lot of you know eastern suburbs homes being sold for under market value. So um, now to avoid um, a lot of that, as I said, we've got a lot of laws and restrictions around that. I personally prefer to go to market. Um, now, whether it's an, um, and depends on the situation, uh, an auction or, or best offers buy or something like that campaign. Um, that's what I generally do for those sites. Um, if I, just so that people understand, if it is off market, for me as an agent, I need I would need to go to all of my developers and database. I would need to extract offers. I would need to save all of those on file. I have to be, you know, we get audited. So I have to prove that this was not something that was just sold to a mate that you know, knew could profit from it. So that's from a developer's point of view. When I put my hat on that I'm on work, sorry, for a, a, um, a site, if I'm working for my developer, um, then what I like to do and knowing like working with yourself, we always have a fixed price to work to. You've negotiated hard with your um, builders and contractors. Um, I don't actually give anybody the option to discount or do it. You know, if the price is 850, it's 850. That's, yeah. that's what it is. So I don't, you know, people say, oh, can I put an offer in? No, the price is 850. So, and then I just sell the benefits of, why they would want to be in this area again using those key points that you know whether they're homeowners or investors and so forth so at all times i have to work for who's paying for <laughs> for my services which is our vendors or in for developers that um that's who i need to be working for yeah absolutely and and uh, with, with the, the way that i my philosophy in business and in life is always win-win so yeah um, as a developer we go and crunch our numbers and yes you want to get the the cheapest value 
for the purchase mm. of the site that you can. But uh, the way that I always deal with uh, vendors is I'll work out the deal based on my commercials and that's the number I can afford to pay for a deal. So yeah. if it means I get it less, then so be it. But at the end of the day, if they get, if I end up offering a lower, lower amount first and they accept yeah. it, if they're happy with that yeah. and I'm happy with that, then great, it's win-win. Um, yeah. And I always make sure that, you know, I, I've never try and intentionally screw people down to to the part, part where they're not making any money either. I think everyone deserves to make money. Yeah. Um, and if you know your numbers, I think it's very possible to make it a win-win outcome. Mm, definitely, yeah. They've got a lot of experience with developers. What are three things that not so good developers do and why should people avoid doing these things? Okay, so some of the things that I've thought about here is one with the marketing. I've mentioned that previously, but just, you know, getting taking the project from from start and then getting to the stage of actually marketing and then starting to skimp and scrape and save one or two thousand. That's where you need to be investing. I don't look at it as a cost, it's an investment. You want to get you want to get your project sold. I mean how great will it feel if the project is sold off the plan before construction even starts. Um, that de-risks your project completely. Um, and yes, you might have spent two or three thousand more because you've got beautiful renders and and you've gone to the market early and so forth. Um, so marketing definitely just look at it as an investment and it will save you time and money in the end and a lot of pain. Um, paying too much for the site is where I see and then they use the the pray and wait technique. <laughs> so holding on for top dollar to recoup the profits because they've bought and paid too high in the beginning. Um, also selection documents, again, being armed as agents, being armed with as much information. I always love working with you, Amanda. You prepare everything professionally. You have your selection documents, you have your images as well of what they'll look like, what's gonna be provided. And that makes it easy when we're sitting down face-to-face -face with our potential buyers to show them you know, the taps they're getting and the, and the sinks and things like that so that they can get into that sort of detail. But in the early stage, before we've actually even gone to contract, all that information is available and we can sit down, you know, and talk to them. So there's some of the things that I would say, you know, avoid or where, where I can see errors um, or, or profits being diminished, um, you know. Awesome. And I think that this finally, you may have already answered this, but can you share with us three things that good developers do that really help you be successful as an agent? So a well-educated developer will know their profit is made on, buy, on the purchase of the site. So they'll engage with an agent early in their decisions. They'll partner with them on the project. So, you know, getting that information so that they are, they know their limits of what they need to pay, you know, using your spreadsheets. Like I don't know how many hundreds of deals I've gone through and, and culled myself, um, but it works. And it just doesn't make you get emotionally involved. Um, it allows you to make good choices to make sure you've built your buffer in for your risks and so forth. Um, make sure they work on their plans and selections and inclusions for council approval. Don't compromise on renders. Um, can't say that enough. Just you know, at least the bathroom, the kitchen, the living area and the external at the minimum. Um, and that'll help your purchasers feel engaged and excited about their journey. Thank you. That's amazing. So Jackie is in South Australia, Adelaide. I didn't clarify that up front. So we're very lucky in South Australia to have access to, to Jackie. But 
um, regardless of where you are listening from around Australia. Uh, Jackie has shared with us so many nuggets of gold there that are really going to help you engage better with your real estate agents, but also realise that real estate agents are such a key part of your team. So um, when we're looking for real estate agents, asking those right questions to making sure we're choosing the right agents with the skills that are going to help you and work very, very closely and collaboratively with our agents. So thank you so much, Jackie, for sharing You're your wealth welcome. of experience. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know so many people are going to get so many nuggets of gold out of here that's going to really help them on their development journey. So thanks so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. This podcast was produced by the Rising Star Developer. We've been helping Australians realise their financial and lifestyle goals since 2020. We play a pivotal role in educating, supporting and celebrating the goals and successes of our students and our community. To find out how we can help you realise your property, wealth and lifestyle goals, head to our website www.risingstardeveloper.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Building Lifestyles, be sure to subscribe to and follow the show in your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review as it really helps others find the show. I'm Amanda McEwen and we'll be back next episode with more tips on how you can build your lifestyle.